from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Because the decision to suspend Draymond Green, a decision that this show disagreed with, I disagreed with Harry on what should have been done, has now set precedent. And what do you do when last night that precedent is being looked at because of the actions of another superstar? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel Lady, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, I'm just sitting there innocently watching a little basketball. And before you know it, what do you see? We got the 76ers taking on the Nets, and Bede falls down. Uh, he, he Claxton's standing above him, walking over him. It's a little bit of a taunting moment, and all of a sudden, Embiid does it. Tries to kick him in the tots. Kick him in the no-nos. Tries to kick him in the eggplant. Tries to kick him in the Fruit Loops. Tries to kick him in the Fig Newtons. I can keep going and going and Try going. Try to kick him in the lemon heads. Oh, the lemon heads. See, we're going to keep going. You guys should keep a counter in there and how many different ways we can say this. Mm, we mm, all mm. know that he went for the hibbities and the dibbities and tried to remove them with his large foot. Now, he missed, and it was only a flagrant one. But I was watching that moment thinking, I don't know, stomping on the chest to somebody is worth the one-game suspension. What's trying to use the bottom of your foot towards their no-no is supposed to be worth? And then, in the same game, second half, we see James Harden uh, making a move that we've seen James Harden make a million times. Harden uh, coming around the edge, trying to drive the lane, uses the back of his hand, as he typically does to push off. The back of that hand hits somebody in the no-no places again. And this time, we get a flagrant two and an ejection. There's this wild inconsistency with these officials, and I keep looking at all of it saying, once you open Pandora's box and you suspended Draymond, now you got a problem because every one of these uh, penalties, every one of these fouls, every one of these texts is going to lead to something. Well, that's why I said what I said the other day. The NBA is soft. Because now when you suspend Draymond Green, you open up Pandora's box. And that's exactly what has been opened up now in the NBA playoffs with Draymond's antics, with Joel Embiid, in his antics, with James Harden, and his non-intentional offhand. Now there's so much cloud and dust we don't know what the hell's going on as fans. I don't think they know what the hell is going on as an NBA association. I also don't think they know what the hell is going on as referees because there's so much gray area between so many things that I, I, I just don't know anymore. Now, I'll be the first to say this. I don't believe Draymond, Joel Embiid, James Harden, none of those guys should have been ejected. But I will say this. If you're going to suspend Draymond Green, how in the hell do you not suspend Joel Embiid? And then how in the hell do you um, kick out James Harden, eject him, give him a flagrant two for making a basketball move and accidentally hitting somebody in the lemon heads? Now, I don't get it, Fitz. I don't, I don't understand it. You and I both know that I never blame the refs, right? But how can you watch Harden and his move and tell me that there was intent on that and yes. then watch Embiid laying on the ground and trying to do some weird, like, kick up into the air straight to the Mike and Ikes and tell me there was no intent there. Like, <laughs> and, and, and Embiid's not a little dude either. This is a seven-footer. Yeah, it's not this is a seven-footer, about how, how 260. Do you, how do you miss 
Like, that's the other question for this. Like, how at some point you got to look at it and say, how did you miss the fig and carrots when your foot is like a size 87? I don't understand <laughs> how he missed it. But because he missed it, they didn't eject him. That makes no sense to me. If, in, no, if intent is part of the process of ejection, there is no doubt in my mind that they got both of these wrong. Harden should have remained in the game. And Embiid not only should be out of the game, but frankly, I think if you try and kick somebody there in the middle of a game, you can sit out a game. I got no problem. Well, well, if they turned the around today and suspended Embiid, I'd be fine with that. Well, here's the part for me, because Joe Dumars went on, and he gave this spiel about when it came to Draymond Green, the past history played a part in that as well. So let's not sit up here and act like, you know, Joel Embiid didn't have a lot of, didn't have a lot of flagrant fouls in his career. So now when they're reviewing this, are they going to look at his past history as well and make this determination? I just don't think they can come out of this and say, you know what, we're not going to suspend Embiid, and we're also going to keep, you know, James Harden with his flagrant two and his points. Because uh, what's what's the, how's the point system work again, Evan? Uh, well, Evan stepped out, but it's four points uh, will uh-huh. give you an automatic uh, ejection. So the flagrant two is significant on Harden because he picks up a couple of points. In fact, Tim Bontemps explained this this morning on Get Up. This is what he said about the point system, why it's significant. The NBA has created this problem where you have guys reacting whenever they get hit and right. going down and trying to get these flagrant foul reviews because a flagrant foul gets you two shots and the ball. Yeah. And on top of that, for James Harden, for example, Philly's trying to make a deep playoff run. Right. He now has two flagrant foul points. If you get four flagrant foul points, you get suspended for a game. So this has potential consequences down the road as well for the Sixers and on top of the fact that they very easily could have lost this game and extended this series even further. Okay, so it's, it's two things for me. So, number one, I think James Harden and his flagrant two foul should be rescinded. Uh, I never thought that should have been a flagrant two and he should have been kicked out of the game. Number two, they have to do something about Joel Embiid because you cannot have Draymond Green sitting at home in game three, a very important game, and then you have Joel Embiid playing a game four of a game after he just tried to karate kick someone in the gonads. I think we've learned something about, and this just just occurred to me as I'm listening to you talk. We've learned something about NBA officials last night. And what we've learned is that more important than intent is likability, right? Like yep. uh, Draymond Green is not liked by a lot of people. There you go. And all of a sudden he gets suspended. James Harden, not liked by a lot of people, makes the same movies made a hundred times. I watched every replay, even in slow motion. They tell you that replays look worse in slow motion. This one didn't. There was nothing about this that even slightly looked intentional. But because people don't like Harden, bam, he's out. Now all of a sudden you got Joel Embiid, you know, possibly the MVP of the NBA this year, sitting on the ground and using his huge clot hopper to try and get after somebody's you knows. <laughs> and all of a sudden he's not ejected for that. Like that foot going after that place and that you don't see intent there. What that that tells you that NBA refs aren't actually looking at the play, they're looking at the player. And if they if they spend that much time Time looking at the player instead of what's actually happening on the court, that is a slippery slope because I do not want to live in a world where officials can decide who they like should be in or out of a game simply because of their likability. Q rating isn't the reason the technical should be called. Now, I have a question for you, Fitz. Mm-hmm. If you think that Draymond Green would not have been suspended, that we're having all these type of conversations today about last night. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Draymond's suspended for his lifetime achievement award. So I, 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 no, no, I, no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying though. 
Like if Draymond oh, if he hadn't Green, been suspended, would we yes. be talking about this today? What would, would, would this conversation be this big today? No, no, the NBA created this. That, that's that's my point exactly. That's why you don't take it there from Jump Street. That's why you don't take it there because now there's so many there's so many question marks. There's so much so so much gray era uh, area that now these players going out and playing the rest of the playoffs, NBA playoffs right now, they're gonna be basically playing on eggshells because they don't know. You're they, they right. don't know. You're right 100%. Not just about the players we're talking about. I, I, I don't think this is just a Draymond issue. I don't think this is just an Embiid issue. I don't think this is just a Harden issue. If likability is the thing that's going to get you kicked out of a game, Memphis better watch their P's and Q's, right? Like, all of a sudden, yeah. if just being uh, just being the team everybody loves is, is going to keep you on the court, you can agitate, and if somebody responds, the responder's always oh, going to get picked down thing. by this. See, that's another thing, and I'm glad Stephen A. brought this up on first take. We got to stop not paying attention to the people who, who are the agitators. Claxton can't be walking over people. Like, well, wh- Claxton wh- was kicked out of the game later for his second tech. Well, and, and, and I don't think, at him and, and I don't think he should have got kicked out for the second tech. Now, no. walking walking over somebody. Now, you you can't be doing that because now you're the you're you're the agitator. You're provoking someone. But the second tech that he got. I just I just closed my eyes and I said, this is why the NBA in my eyes is soft. And this is the reason why I said what I said the other day. The, the officials have got to figure out what they're looking for because we should not be in a world. This is what I've said a million times about the NFL. I, I hate the world where you're sitting and you're watching in a sports bar and you see a touchdown and you just wait five minutes while they review it 52 different times because you don't know what a catch is and what a catch isn't, what a, what a touchdown is and isn't. Like It gets so wildly confusing. I felt like that last night watching the game with a bunch of people around me that are NBA heads that all work on SportsCenter on Snapchat. And the number of times we were watching these reviews trying to figure out what an official is looking for, my God, these officials whoa, are even mocked up and we don't know. I'm so sorry right now. I just turned to the right and looked at my window and I oh. have four large, large deer in my yard. <laughs> and it scared the hell out of me because I seen it out the corner of my, my eye. But you know what I, I do want to Well, that's what hear? happens when you own 250 acres in oh. the middle of, of oh, Georgia. Man. Like You own a whole Douglasville city. The deer want to come live there too because they know the deer snacks are better at Douglasville than they are. At, uh, you but know. you know, I want to hear from the fans. I want to hear from the people that are watching the NBA playoffs on how they feel about the Draymond Green situation the Joel Embiid, the Claxton uh, second technical that got him kicked out, and also James Harden. I want to hear from the people, Fitz. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. You guys in on the way this is being officiated? You're not? Call us. You get to take over the show. We'll get your thoughts coming in through Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Also, has the NBA created a massive problem for the rest of the playoffs? And another superstar misses a huge game. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. That's an abrupt turn from Taylor screaming we have bad blood. I mean, that's like a Taylor Swift album. You go from Hate to love and love to hate real fast. It is Love Friday. I'm Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel Lady. If you're listening in the car right now, 
Something's going got your lady next to you. Cause you got an attitude. Squeeze her leg. And you're not <laughs> in the mood like you used to. You know what I love? The NBA playoffs. They're on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. The Knicks host the Cavs. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. And on Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Y'all can hit us with your love Friday playlist suggestions. We're setting the mood. See, look at all the joy we're all feeling. Everybody was mad about officials. Now, a few minutes later, gosh, it takes a little bit of music. All of a sudden, we're feeling the love. I'm not sure everybody calling in is feeling the love. We want your take on it. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Where are you on the officiating, the ejections? Are you in? You out on this? Should they do better? Should they do worse? What? Triple Eight, say ESPN, 888 729 3776. Let's go to Glenn in Atlantic City. Glenn, what you got, man? Listen, I, I don't understand, Harry. I mean, the NBA is an organization that can't have people doing whatever they want. They got their rules and they got their regulations. Once these players do things that aren't basketball moves, they put themselves in, puts it up into the interpretation of refs and NBA execs or NBA hierarchy. I mean, once you stomp down, once you kick up in the air, to me, Harden clearly used his hand, wrist, forearm area, did a little motion before he made the move. It wasn't just a shoulder into the guy's chest. If that were the case, it would have just been an offensive foul. Once you start doing stuff that's not basketball moves, you put yourself up for interpretation. That's on the players. They have to be more Discipline. They're not playing out on the blacktop in New York. You're playing in the NBA on TV. They have an optical way they need the game viewed. They can't have people acting like fools. That's well, the way Glenn, it's going to come down. What? Relax, Glenn. Relax for a second. That's where you're wrong because James <laughs> Harden has made that move a million damn times in his life. I mean, we're watching that. The that's, that's, a, that's a basketball move that James Harden has made his entire career. So that's where you're wrong. Now, if you want to talk about what Draymond did, I understand. And Embiid, but let's go to Embiid. Embiid wasn't kicked out of the basketball game for kicking someone in their, in their ass, basically, and trying to kick them in the, in the no-nos. He, he wasn't kicked out of the game. So where's the consistency? Okay. So that's my question. That's the hardest part of that. Like, even if I buy what Glenn was just saying, thanks for the call, Glenn. We, we really appreciate it. Even if I was buying what Glenn just said, the inconsistency there, like, one, one guy, I don't see it the same way that Glenn saw it with Harden. We just watched the replay if you're watching us in the ESPN app. I just don't see where it's some flagrant move. There is no denying that Joel Embiid on the ground tried to kick somebody in the Reese's Pieces. Like, he, he went for the peanut butter cups. Like, there is no denying the intent there. Like, we can de- debate the intent, apparently, on Harden. We can't debate it on Embiid, and he played the rest of the game. Tim and Richmond. Tim, thanks for calling the show, man. What do you got? Hey, guys, love the show. Short-time listener, first-time caller. I'm just sick. This is the straw that has broke my back as a sports fan. Look, I played all through high school, played in college. Here's, here's how you make it consistent. Don't call it. Let's, let's go back. Let me tell you about my last six months. This is going back to the Super Bowl. You don't call that, that hold on the DB. Uh, the final four, Florida, Florida, Atlantic, San Diego State, you do not call that with nine seconds left. The women's semifinal game where there was what a, a, I don't even remember how many calls there were. You don't call that. Uh, you just don't call that. Let the guys play. This is professional sports. Harry's Harry can understand. This. You guys are athletes. Like, I mean, short of somebody pulling out a shiv and trying to stab somebody, let them play. Let them play. <laughs> that that I feel the same way Tim feels. 
I, I, I really do. Fitz, and that has not, not has that not been my stance this entire time on, on all these it issues? Has. No, and, and that's, that's been my one consistent stance. Tim, uh, thanks for the call. And Tim made a point that I don't have any argument for, and you know that's rare because usually I'm the guy over here running my mouth like a moron. If they if they just essentially let them play across the board, they wouldn't have this issue. That I, I think that's probably a pretty fair point. Like I'm not, yep. I am not. To be very clear, I am not the radio guy sitting here saying I miss '90s basketball. Look at how tough they were then. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it might be a little easier if they simply let them play more. Devin, you, you, you thoughts? Are we not? Are we not running the same situation on the other side though? If it's a if it's a close call, for example, and they don't call it, and then the other side is going to be mad that they didn't call. It. I feel like this. Is, it's an imperfect rep you know officiating is imperfect science like so i feel like either way people are going to be upset well it's, it's going to always be imperfect like and but we have to acknowledge that it's going to always be imperfect my thing is is that when you're trying to be too involved and making things even that much more technical that's when more problems lie that's when you have more issues like we have right now in the nba playoffs in which i just want to watch the guys go out there and compete at a high level i don't want to have to worry about this guy got kicked out because of this but this guy didn't get kicked out because he did similar some of the same things but this guy gets ejected because he's making a basketball move see i i don't want to have to think about all that as a damn fan i'm gonna tell so you the i think if we get to a point that we just let these guys play we won't have to be the situation that we're in right now the one the one place where it is perfect and i know you guys are gonna roll your eyes think i'm a homer but the xfl has a perfect officiating system why because dean blandino is immediately mic'd up and you hear every ounce like i i because i cover it and harry covers it i've watched every xfl game and when there is any question even in the room if we're all transparency when when dean blandino's like i see this i don't see this that's the way it's gonna go and we're back to the game it's quick it's efficient and because he's mic'd up for everything and then he answers questions from the crew man I don't have these issues with the XFL, so maybe transparency, better transparency is a part of it. Let's get another one here. Marvin in Tampa, what do you got for us, Marvin? Yeah, four points on this. One, uh, I mean, I think that the Draymond thing, and by the way, you coined a new phrase that I'm going to hold on to forever, fits with the he, he tram- trampoline stomped him. Love that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was the optics on it more than anything. And then, of course, the, the suspension was because of how he acted after you know, you're being suspended and you're acting the fool in front of the whole crowd. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to be Draymond, but that's part of the problem is that he's got a history. So moving on to Harden, I don't think he should have been ejected. If anything, give him a flagrant one or give him an offensive foul because he connected somewhere he shouldn't have connected on. You can make that move a thousand times, but you got to make it different on different people. Because if you got Boban in front of you, that move is going to hit him somewhere where you don't want to hit him. Uh, but it, it's different for every situation and for every player. But again, I don't think he should have been. He should have been suspended. I don't think he should have been ejected. When it comes to Embiid, I think that they looked at it because he was being disrespected, because the player went out of his way to step over him to make a point. I think that's why they were a little more lean in on that one. But he should have gotten the flagrant one at the very least. Uh, number four on that, it's Love Friday, and I'm hearing the music, and it's horrible that I can't get the image out of my mind of Keyshawn licking his lips every time an R&B song comes on. I'll let you guys in. Have a great day. Oh, man, that was awesome, man. That is, if you're going to make four points in the call, let it be that way. Oh, what a finish. I mean, that is oh, that is well done. The only thing I would add, Willie, the one thing I would say is that 
Uh, oh, sorry, Marvin. Marvin, I had the wrong one in front of me. Uh, Marvin, uh, call of the day, by the way. Uh, the only thing I would add, Marvin, is that if Embiid had connected on his kick, I think we'd see this wildly differently. That's all. Uh, we're going to keep taking your calls. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. I promise we're going to get you back in. Uh, but there is one home field advantage in all of sports right now that's bigger than any. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. DC Defenders. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Love Fridays. Get in the playlist to make your Friday afternoon. Help your Friday night get right. I feel like I should explain that right now since... We're about to have superstar guest, and this probably makes no sense. But, you know, we're setting the mood. D.C. Defenders head coach Reggie Barlow joining us now. Coach, appreciate it. We like to set the mood on Fridays around here, Coach. We like to put up a little love Friday, get everybody in the happy mood. Is it like when I say love Friday playlist, is there a song that just gets you, like, feeling right, Coach? Right now, we're grooving to Humble and Kind. That's been our song for the last five weeks and uh we've considered uh since it's been working for us let's just stay with it but there's a lot of good music out there but humble and kind by tim mcgraw is uh is outstanding but uh, uh us and our players we relate to music a lot so there's a lot that we're listening to on a daily basis and coach this is one thing about your you know the mindset of your team and i know you have you know, this saying called live the dash. And I want you to explain to our listeners what that means, because I really believe that your team embodies every single ounce of it. But I want I want you to share it with them because I know what it means. But I think it'll be, you know, very feasible for for the world to hear what, what, what living the dash means. Yeah, uh, Harry, I appreciate that, that question. So the dash is an acronym uh, that we live by. It is a part of our fiber. Uh, we believe that there are five core characteristics that we all must have uh, to win, to win at life, to be successful in business, to be successful in relationships, to be successful as a football team. The D is the foundation, and that's discipline. Doing what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, when you're supposed to do it. Ultimately, Harry, when no one's watching. True discipline is what's important, and that's the foundation. The A is for attitude, having a positive and conquering attitude, because there will be another A, and that's called adversity. And we've experienced a lot of that over the last few weeks where uh, going overtime in games, but our guys not get stoned by that because they stayed with great body demeanor. They kept a positive and conquering attitude, and they believe that we would be able to get it out. The H is for, I mean, I'm sorry, the S is for sacrifice. Each of us needs all of us. It's never about one individual. It's not about me as a head coach. It's not about the beast. The QB, it is about each of us need all of us. And you got to be willing to sacrifice 
for the sake of the team. The first H and the dash is habit. We all say we want to win, W-I-N, but what's important now? What do your habits say? Are your habits aligned with your expectations? And then the last H is what's your heart like? Are you a good teammate? Do you care about people? Do you care about your coaches? Do you care about support staff? Do you care about the D.C. defenders as an entity? And we live, we talk it, we write it, we say it out loud, and the guys have really embraced it and made it part of our fiber, and uh, that's how we operate. We're talking to Reggie Barlow, head coach of the D.C. Defenders. Love all of that, Coach. It's amazing. And you mentioned the adversity you guys have faced. I was sitting there hosting the uh, XFL studio show when you went into overtime. And this is a new process for a lot of people that haven't watched it. Overtime's a little bit like penalty kicks meets football, right? So for you and your first experience as a head coach in XFL overtime, how did you like it? Yeah, it was extremely competitive. Obviously, uh, you know, we, we found ourselves on the positive side of it. Um, but it was a back-and-forward uh, combative-type thing. Uh, that team stayed in the fight, and uh, they made some plays and was able to convert a few times, and then we converted, and then obviously we were able to, to stop them. But uh, we talk about to do it in public, uh, the us do it in private. So we practice those things uh, on a weekly basis, going for two, going for one, going for three, uh, overtime situations, fourth and 15 situations. So... Uh, those are all things that we put our guys under stress and pressure throughout the week. So once it uh, becomes available to us or presents itself to us in the game, uh, we are able to table it and uh, process it and work our way through it. Coach, by landslide, like your your offense is the number one rushing team in the XFL, hmm. but I will say the last four games – I think it's been your pass game from your quarterback to your wide receivers, tight ends, and even running backs in protection and also getting out and catching the football. But I want to focus more on the wide receivers because Lucky Jackson has been phenomenal. Chris Blair has been phenomenal. Those are the two top dogs. But you brought along Brandon, um, Brandon Smith. He's been phenomenal as well when his number's been called. Also, Josh Hammond making those tough catches inside the slot. Being a former wide receiver, winning the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former teammate of Keyshawn Johnson, our colleague. How has that group really impressed you along the way throughout this season? Man, you mentioned it. It's a really good group, and um, there's no ego, which is extremely weird, right, for wide receiver room. Um, there's no egos. Those guys want each other to eat. Uh, it's led by Lucky and Josh, uh, who are the leaders of that room. Uh, it's, it's outstanding to see Lucky uh, getting the opportunity and the plays that he's making. He's made some explosive plays for us. He's made some uh, tough catches for us, and uh, he's just having a solid year. Uh, Josh Hammond, like you mentioned, is doing the, he's the utility guy, right? If we need him to return punts. I think our longest punt return for the season came by him. If you need him to be in the slot outside, he's going to do it. Uh, Chris Blair is an absolute stud, man. These guys deserve an opportunity to be playing in the NFL, and I really believe that they will get their opportunities. Chris Blair uh, can run for power and speed. He's a big guy, uh, nice size, great hands, great body control for a wide receiver, as you can see some of the -the over-the-shoulder catches that he's made, uh, the hand catches that he's made away from his body. And this kid, Brandon Smith, man, look out. He has – he's built. He can run. 
Uh, he snaps down at the top of his route, has good hands, uh, extremely talented young man. Taught him or learning him how to uh, do kickoff returns, and he's embodied that and uh, has done a good job with it. But a really good group. Coach Al Vance Robinson is our receiver coach. He's done a great job of managing these guys. Coach Tyson, the offensive coordinator, I mean, the offensive coordinator and staff, has is, is done a really good job of knowing these guys' ability and putting them in situations to go out and make plays. And uh, I really like this group of receivers that we have. And, Coach, before we let you go, I want to make sure that I let you know this and let the world know this. I think you are an amazing head coach. Um, I, I, I believe what a head coach should embody, you embody every single ounce of that. And I hope you get an opportunity at another and a higher level to, to you know, let your coaching talents be displayed because I think you're a damn good one and you're a gem, my man. So I want to make sure I let you know that. Man, Harry, I really appreciate you saying that. I tell you, man, uh, uh, an opportunity to be a, a, a good head coach, you got to have really good assistant coaches, uh, uh, director player personnel for uh, Hutchins, our team operation, uh, Miss Stacy does a great job. I've had some wonderful mentors, uh, John Gruden, uh, who's a friend of mine that I continue to learn from, Rich Versace, uh, Tom Coughlin, uh, my college head coach from Houston Markham. These are all, I'm a product of those guys, uh, and I am continuing to work on my craft uh, to be the best head coach that I possibly can be. And uh, we're enjoying where we are right now, but let me tell you, man, opportunity to go, like our players' opportunities to go, would be outstanding. I appreciate you guys, your platform. I appreciate you guys sharing our story and the XFL. Uh, it's been some good football this season. Hopefully we have a lot of guys from all the teams that get an opportunity to go and see what it's like on the next level. So I really appreciate you guys having us on. Thank you so much, Coach. Best of luck on Saturday. Fun to watch kick butt. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. It'll be fun. Thank you all. Reggie Barlow, head coach of the D.C. Defenders. Uh, and by the way, if you haven't watched a lot of uh, XFL football, D.C. is the chef's kiss. They are the team to watch. They do everything right. There's a reason that right now they are the best team in the league, and it isn't even close. Uh, they're taking on San Antonio on ABC, ESPN Plus, and ESPN Deportes. That's Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. All right, we have massive news from the NFL that impacts one team I thought could have a shot at the Super Bowl. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Love Fridays. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, you know who's not feeling love right now? The Detroit oh. Lions. Oh, Bre- say it again. The Detroit Lions. Mm-mm-mm. Breaking news today. Gots to be more careful. Four Lions players, including 2022 first-round pick Jamison Williams, were among five players league-wide to be suspended for violating the NFL gambling policy after an investigation by the league. 
Quintez Cephas, uh, Cephas, CJ Moore uh, were suspended indefinitely, Lions wide receiver and safety respectively, as was Washington Commanders defensive end Shaka Tony. They can all apply for reinstatement after one year. Second-year wide receiver Jamison Williams and Stanley Berryhill are being suspended for six games each for mobile betting that occurred at the Lions' Allen Park facility. They did not bet on NFL games. It is a violation of the NFL collective bargaining agreement, to be very clear, for any player to bet on anything, any NFL game ever. It is also a violation to bet on anything while you are at the team facility or traveling with the team. So if you are with your team or you are at work, you cannot open your favorite app and bet on anything because that's what Perry Hill and Williams did. They get six games because Cephas, Moore, and Shaka Tony uh, bet on NFL games. They get at least a season, and then they will apply for reinstatement. Harry, I'm stunned by this news. It's not worth it, Fitz. It's not worth it because the money you're trying to make betting – Right. It's not worth what the the amount of money it's going to cost you by getting suspended. So what sense does it make? It doesn't. We've just seen Calvin really get a year for betting on whatever he was betting on NFL games, uh, whether it was Atlanta Falcons or whoever it was. But we just seen what transpired with him. Why would anyone else after that think it's cool, think it's okay, think you won't get caught? They have ways of finding out. They have people assigned just to figure out these type of things and to investigate these type of uh, manners as well. It's not worth it. That- and Stanley Barry Hill w- was a guy that um, I worked with closely last year. He was in Atlanta Falcons camp in the offseason. Uh, worked with him very close, closely. A hardworking guy, a guy trying to find his way, right, trying to get on a roster. So this is very troubling for him because when you're already not in the mix of things, like, listen, Jamison Williams, it's bad for him, but he's a first-round draft pick. They're not going to cut no damn first-round draft pick. You're undrafted free agent. You're trying to make a team and you're trying to get right. They're not going to keep you on the team. I mean, it's not. You see that right now in the XFL. How many guys are playing in the XFL because they did something when they were trying to make a roster and the team's like, nope, you're not worth it. And to your Calvin Ridley point, like there was this VH1 show back in like the 90s called Behind the Music, right? And it would, they would go in and they'd find all these musicians from like the 60s and 70s and catch up with them now, 80s, and you'd see how broke they were and how their life had just gone to you know what, right? Like they'd lost everything. And it was showing you like some of the uh, where are they now sort of moments. I know a ton of people that grew up watching those shows, and because you saw them, you're like, oh, man, I got to understand how the business works. I can't do that. I can't let that happen. Knowing that Calvin Ridley just happened. We're not talking about I want Jamison Williams to be aware of something that happened 25 years ago. Like, he, you know this right now. How can you see Calvin Ridley sitting out on the sideline? If you play for an NFL team right now, just delete the app. Like, if you've got betting apps, just delete them. What the hell's the point? But but I'm going to take it a little further, though. Like, ah, stop being that selfish to where it's costing your team. The Detroit Lions had major plans for Jamison Williams. He was coming off of ACL a year ago, was able to play uh, on special teams and offensive snaps lightly toward the end of the year. So their plans for him coming into this offseason was very, very high. Speedster, a guy that can take the top off the defense. Not anymore. Not, not the first six games. Guess what? Your playoff hopes can be determined within the first six games. And if you're not there to be a difference maker for your team, then you're costing your team. 
don't put don't put yourself don't put your organization in that situation also the name on the back of your jersey williams don't embarrass the back of your name your your, your last name that way understand guys there's 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 better things in life right sometimes it's sacrifice sometimes you got to cut off your finger to save your hand sometimes some things just aren't worth it so if it's not worth it don't do it there's always a greater good but we can't you know want instant gratification and then it kills what we want to do long term. We got to sacrifice. Coach, Coach Barlow just came on here. What was, it, what was the S? What does S and dash stand for? Sacrifice, sacrifice, right? Sacrifice. It's okay. I think to that end, you mentioned the organization. I should point out, separate from these punishments, according to ESPN, several Lions staff members in various departments were dismissed last month for violating the gambling problem. Dan Campbell needs to look around that entire locker room right now, figure out what the hell's going on, and get everybody on the same page. Because if it's that, if you've got four players and several staff members, now you have a cultural issue you also got to figure out. Now you've got an an organizational issue you've got to figure out. We'll keep you updated. But coming up next, how the NBA got two calls wrong in one game, and it could change everything moving forward. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 